We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's going to be really awkward. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer at uh, Rexall Place, the Edmonton Oilers, and the world's most important NHL franchise, the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're up, Speck. Go ahead and start talking. No, maybe you're not. Let me walk across number two at the top. There we go. Reed had you turned down. Now you're up. Now you're good to go. This is uh, the second half-hour segment today of Oilers Now. Do want to mention ATB Financial for the Mavericks and the Dreamers, our rewards-based crowdfunding platform, Alberta Boost, with an R, helps entrepreneurs and small businesses raise money, test ideas, and gain exposure. Learn more at albertaboost.ca. Uh, Stoffer Inspector for HRA, Alberta Horse Racing. HRA, this province was built on the back of a horse. HRA, proud contributors to the Alberta Lottery Fund. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse for Toronto, yep. Nazem Kadri, uh, they're right now, they, they don't have Tyler Bozak, who's 58% in the faceoff, part of the reason why they're fifth ranked in the NHL in the faceoff circle. Uh, he is out. Mm-hmm. And now Nazem Kadri's out spec. They're running out of bodies down the middle. Uh, Van Rienseck, their best forward out of the lineup. Lupul, who's really been a third liner this year for him, he's not on the trip. They're hurting for certain up front, aren't they? Well, their first line center is Peter Holland. <laughs> who is, you know, barely been in the NHL for most of his career. Their top line tonight is uh, Michael Grabner, Peter Holland, and Leo Komarov. Leo Komarov's a good, solid third-line player, and frankly, I think that's what Grabner's been, maybe a second-liner sometimes in his career. Uh, Hey, they are thin. They don't have Dion Phaneuf, who gives you a solid 22 minutes on the back end. Out of the lineup completely, Cowan replaces him, but he's not playing tonight. Uh, This is undoubtedly the weakest lineup that the Edmonton Oilers have faced and likely will face all season. They're at home. They're coming off uh, some guilty play. Uh, the Oil better win this one and win it impressively tonight. Well, uh, I'd like to say, you know what, Mark, I'm going to guarantee the win, but I can't. I can't do that with the Edmonton Oilers hockey team because I don't know what we're going to see night by night. And maybe because they're their youth and their inexperience, that shouldn't be a surprise. I will say I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing. Yeah, young I, I'm, I'm a little. Man. I'm I'm disappointed with where it's at That's right now. Todd McClellan and Reed, Reed and myself hit on it a little bit earlier. Todd said something today that they've scored enough, um, that they've scored enough to have been in a better position. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I, I to me, the the offense has been intermittent and inconsistent. And that's been a reflection upon the team. Oh, right. I mean, today's NHL, and I hate saying this, but I think it's true. I'd rather have a team that scores three every night than a team that gets five once in a while and one once in a while, right? Three goals wins, you know, 80% of the games in this league or something. So look at the oil. I mean, they get five against Columbus. They get seven against Ottawa. And then they get one the next three games. So that's, you can't win that way, right? There needs to be consistency. And uh, consistency has clearly been something we haven't had enough of around here, Bobby. No, I think that's... Except a, for in the quality of the radio crew. We could be better. No, couldn't be better. Don't think so? No, it's as good as we can be. Okay. <laughs> we need better callers. We had a run of callers yesterday. Yes, I'm calling you the callers out at 780-496-0063. I like here's the deal, Spec. When we come back from a road trip mm-hmm. and the orders lose three straight games, I'm taking calls. Oh, the I'm giving lighten up. I'm giving people the opportunity to jump on there and have at her. But I expect some good calls, and we got some weak stuff yesterday <laughs> for about twenty five. There, there. I'm not. I'm Are we like taking calls today. 
No, we're not taking calls. Oh, sure, you can't carve them and then not take some calls. You want to take some calls at 1245 for 15 minutes? Yeah, take a call. All right. What the hell? We'll open up the phone line, 780-496-0063. None of that weak you-know-what stuff that we got yesterday, though. I need some real stuff, some hard-hitting stuff. You know, I, I had a guy yesterday suggest the Oilers, should, they, we, the Oilers need a decent backup. They should trade for Jimmy Howard. And they should offer who's got, like, he's making $5.9 million a year spec. That doesn't and, make any sense whatsoever. Well, the guy, it, but keep going. It, it got better. He said, <laughs> yeah, maybe Yakupov, and if they had to, they could throw in Everly, too. And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, you know, that's the sort of call that I don't really want to have on this show on a regular basis. <laughs> like, it just sort of defied logic in any way, shape, or form. People get enough of the lack of logic from the hosts without yeah. the callers calling yeah. in. I think, uh, you know, Laurent Brassois is, is come up the way you're supposed to, right? He had a long, good, successful junior career. He's had a couple of years in the minors. He just made the All-Star game, so obviously he's playing pretty well in the A. He's probably ready now to take a run as a backup. Now, having said all that, in terms of properly bringing along a goalie, you couldn't bring along a goalie more patiently than they brought along Devin Dubnik, right? Like, you couldn't do it. And by the time Dubnik finally got his shot here at Edmonton, he absolutely um, no, well, 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 didn't play. Well, well, no, Craig McTavish didn't believe in Dubnik. Dallas Aikens hey, threw he, extension. Come on. He played it. How many years? In he the had system? a bad. He had one bad year. Yeah, the year where they gave him the ball. Well, and the, the year, year where they gave him the, the year ball. where they had a first-time NHL head coach and a first-time yeah, NHL the, general manager. He was bad. He was bad. Pucks from the sideboards that were going He was. In. He was bad. That, but that but you know, lots ball. of goaltenders in this league spec have bad ten or twelve game stretches. He was awful, though, Nick, in his year. I like Devin. He had three years of .914 yeah. to .921 Yeah, when he wasn't percent. carrying the ball. Well. And then they gave him the ball, and he was about an you, 860. You can make an argument that he did carry the ball for two of those years because Happy Bullen couldn't stay healthy, so he ended up having mm-hmm. to get the starts. They, you know, but. Listen, I blame the Oilers for not doing a few things right here a lot of times. I'm not easy on them. You know that. I won't blame them for Devin Dubnik. They brought him along patiently, step by step by step. He all wasn't the way. good enough that year. However, when the oh. general manager takes over and says, "If you got to ask whether or not he's a number he one," he was goal. right. Well, Mac he, was right. So he's not that. a number one NHL goalie. He wasn't then. Is he number one in Minnesota? He is now, but he wasn't then. Was he up for the Vesna last year? Did Montreal kick him out the door as fast as they he could? He had a terrible year. Did Nashville do he the had same a bad, thing? He had a bad year. Right. He's the number one goalie today, but you couldn't keep playing him in Edmonton. He he I, I, he dropped the ball, man. Here, here's what happens, Spec. Sometimes it's situational, and you have players like I think we're at that stage with a player that's on the team right now. Who's that? Justin Schultz. I think that uh, the general manager, since since you brought up Craig McTavish, sure. Was there not a quote where Craig McTavish said that Justin Schultz could win the Norris Trophy one day? I know, but you see, this is where you and I differ. You think that matters now in the player's game. If that kid is sitting there in the room no. thinking about something that got said four years it's ago or what whatever saying, it was, Mark. what are you saying? What I'm saying is that you had an, a manager assess a goaltender who didn't think he was any good, and the guy has since gone on to prove he's pretty good, and you had the same manager say the guy could be a uh, Norris Trophy winner, and I and he was trying to pro- probably pump some positive Whatever energy into the player. He was wrong, and and now we have a player in Justin Schultz that's devoid of confidence. But I, do, I don't see the relationship though. Who cares what gets said in the boardroom some, compared to what happens on the ice? Well, I think that it affected Devin Dubnik's play. I don't. If you ask Devin Dubnik when he heard that Craig McTavish wasn't a believer in his, I think it affected his play at that time. Well, he wasn't good enough that year. Right. You're right. He was not good enough. However, if they had come in and say, "Damn it." 
you know, Devin Dubnik is our guy. We brought him along slowly. He's ready for it. He's going to be our guy, you know. Buddy, you can talk up. Put it this way. If if they had said Devin Dubnik one day might be up for the Vesna and said, you know, Justin Schultz, we're not sure about, ah, he would have been right. He would have been right, yeah. Yeah, I I just don't. I think it's you need mentally strong players to have a good team. And any player whose game gets affected by stuff getting said at a press conference isn't mentally, in my opinion, isn't mentally strong I think goaltenders are the most unique of players, and sometimes they do let outside noise affect them. Like, I, I will say this. Peter Shirelli believed in Cam Talbot. I think that they never stopped believing in Cam Talbot, even when Nielsen outplayed him during that stretch. And I think they've been rewarded. I think they've got something because they believe. And I do think sometimes that manifests on players. But. Yeah, okay. So there you go. All righty. Uh, guys want to get on board. Let's get after it. 780-496-0063. A rare Stoffer Inspector appearance, and we're not going to talk all about, you know, we're going to let you do some talking. Let's do it. Let's do it. Steve on line number one. Steve, how you doing? Steve, you're up. Hey, I'm doing all right. I was just curious um, because it is the return of Marinson, and there is a section of Oilers fans who do believe that he was a solid NHL defenseman and that we gave him away for nothing. But my question is, what what do you say to that when, I mean, you can search up the name Marinson on Twitter, you can read anything about him from Toronto and the people who are watching these games, and they are not a fan of him or his play, even in the Eastern Conference. But there's still this small subsection that will point to one stat or one number and say, well, look, look. And it, I don't know. I just find that really crazy that that that's able to happen. And I just wanted to see your guys' opinion on that. That's a you know what, Steve. That's, that's a great question. question. And, and the, the fact, fact is, is, is the analytics community uh, were big supporters of Martin Marincin. They believed in him a lot. Um, he does not have a point this year for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's played over 30 games, and he's playing under 13 minutes a game, which tells you how much trust Mike Babcock has in Marty Marincin at this time. It's now or never for Marincin, would you not agree, Speck? He's got to get it pulled together here in the next three months, or we might be looking at a player that's not in the National Hockey League in a couple of years. Well, you can't sum a player up with one number, right? You just can't. It doesn't work that way. It's like, so that's... So he was always a good possession guy. Yeah, well, that, and there's a stat that was just flying around on Twitter here that uh, Matt Anderson fired out. I don't even know what it's called. But he leads all NHL defensemen minimum 400 minutes in CA60 relative TM. Whatever the hell that is, doesn't, you know, that's great. So he leads in the stat. And basically, he leads those defensemen in keeping the puck out of his zone. Well, that's awesome. But who's he playing against? Uh, you know, how does he get it out of his zone? Is well, if he's playing 13 minutes a game, he's playing against other teams third and fourth That's lines. exactly it. So like, my point is it's not as easy as some. There's always a stat that could say what you want it to say. Look hard enough, you'll find one stat. It's not good enough. See, I think, and I'll be frank with you, I thought Marincin had a chance. Like, I thought Justin Schultz had a chance to have a pretty good year this year. It's not going to happen, right? So I'm going to be wrong. I thought Martin Marincin had a chance to be a top four NHL defenseman, a 4-5. If he can't make this Leafs defense, then he's He's a minor league player because this is as bad a defense as there's going to be in a league now. And he couldn't make the Oilers' defense, and it's not exactly a bunch of world beaters. So, in the end, you've got Mike Babcock, who, whose opinion I'm going to trust here, right? I think Mike Babcock knows more about hockey than the stats, than any stat is going to tell me. And I think, uh, and we should say the Maple Leafs have invested heavily, more heavily. They're really into the analytics. Absolutely. More heavily than the Oilers than uh, most teams. 
So and so he's not satisfying even the Maple Leafs at this point. So maybe we got to relook at some of these stats. Okay, that was uh, wow, very politically well handled by you, Spec. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Stoffer Inspector Oilers. Now next up, we will go to Jay. Jay, you're on line two. How you doing? Hey, good guys. Uh, I just want a quick uh, comment on something. I'm not going to throw an HF Boards trade proposal at you, but I want to know uh, what's going on in Montreal there the, between Bergeron and Terrian, and there's some stuff going around that Sue, Terrian doesn't like Subban. Do you think Bergeron would go with his coach on this one and maybe trade Subban? Because I think we would have the assets to get it done. What do you think? Thanks. Uh, no, I think ultimately if I were Mark Bergevin, I would just change out the coach. P.K. Subban, as indulgent of a... He is a self-indulgent player at times. He is. Would you not agree, Spec? Uh, sure. But he's a hell of a player that's self-indulgent. So, um, you know, he's the most popular guy. He's, you know, he's a little bit flamboyant, brings some attention onto himself. Not every guy likes that. He's pretty damn good at what he does. And You're not trading him. You just he's, signed him through 2022. He, the, the Canadians... They're going to stick with him. He's embedded in the community. And, 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 and Michelle Therrien has, do you not agree? He's got a shelf life as a coach. Hey, every coach has a shelf life, right? Yeah. Every coach has a shelf life. But Therrien tends to be a little bit quicker than some other coaches. It tends to be quicker, and he's coming to the end of it. There's yeah. no getting around that in yeah. Montreal. So, no, you're absolutely, this is an HF board's dreamer right here. Any trade that suggests that the Oilers are going to end up with P.K. Subban, uh, you know, back in 1987-88, HF boards got started uh, before the advent of the internet, and uh, there were guys on a HF board-like site back then that, in in like uh, April of that year, said Gretzky would get moved to the LA Kings. Oh, I, I'm really? just kidding. 12:48 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. Uh, more with Staff Inspector. Do you want to mention? Hey, hey, absolutely. So we can talk about a great Valentine's gift. Join Oilers now on another road trip to sunny California. Leave February 24th to see the Oilers play against the LA Kings and Anaheim Ducks. The Oilers now package includes five-star hotel accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in LA. All your transportation, a welcome reception with yours truly, and special guests, plus parking at Edmonton's Airport Value Park. What do you got? Four speeds left, I think, for the Oilers now California road trip. Call the travel really? experts, the New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or online at newwesttravel.com. Throwing a curveball at you guys there, Bob. I figured the California Perry? love a little stale. Why not go with California girls? Was that Katy Perry? Yes, and that's more up your alley. Oh. Katie you once Perry. said you enjoyed a Katy Perry concert on I the show. I took my so daughter I figured... to a Katy Perry concert. I was one of the 19 cool dads that were there that night. And the other 18 have all texted me or tweeted me at some various points. Uh, Stoffer Inspector for Winters now. Uh, who do we got on hold here that wants to jump aboard? Matt. 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 Oh, sorry, Mike. M- Mike. Mike, you're on Winters now. How are you doing? Good. Good. What's going on? Um, I have a couple of questions. Do you think it's uh, time to end uh, far away with uh, Purcell, Everly, Yakupov, Payne, and Schultz? Well, you only listed a quarter of the team there. Well, it's time to build a new team because obviously our team hasn't been doing good. It's been six years, seven years, eight years, number ones overall, and we're still at the same place. So you think it's time for them to shake the whole team up? And do you think it's the losing mentality affects those players and it's time to 
give them new experience. Who are the players? You said Purcell, Saltz, Yakupov, Everlay, one other one. Faint? All right, we'll discuss the, all five of those guys. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Uh, I think Purcell will get traded. He's an unrestricted free agent. I think he's bounced back at a good year. Yep. Could be a useful team for the playoffs. He can play with good players. Agree or disagree? Agree. Okay. Justin Schultz. Uh, Elliot Friedman uses the term, it's run its course. Maybe it has. Spec, I personally believe there might be – teams are always looking for defensemen. And uh, Craig Simpson made an interesting point. There might be some teams out there going – uh, maybe we'll bring this guy in and see what he can do for us. Maybe it's on a rental, short-term scenario. You never know. But I do think there's a small market for Justin Schultz that uh, in time Peter Shirelli will be able to uh, tap into. Sure. <laughs> you're, you're not as I'm solo. a little more dubious if you can move uh, move Schultz by the okay. deadline, but he'll try. Mark Fain has two years le- left in his I haven't minded Mark Fain's game over the last few games. Mark Fain's playing better, but guys with two years on their uh, deal at that price don't get moved. They don't the get moved. He's so that's a tough anywhere. one. Uh, he said Yakupov. Oh. Yakupov is the Schultz of the forward group right now. Yep. He is a guy that isn't playing with a tremendous amount of confidence. Not a lot. You know, and again, anytime we say anything about Yak, there, there's some strong. Yeah, because people are fans and they like him. They bought a Yakupov sweater. He's not turning into a real great player here. That's the issue. Right. Right. He's not turning into the guy you hoped when you picked him. I, I think more continuity would have helped Yakupov out of the gate here. I guess we always keep sure. But the player has to accept 75, 80% of the responsibility. Absolutely. It's not always a coach's fault or someone else's fault, you know? Yeah. So, no. Now, the return on him? At Very little. Okay. Because he's, I mean, here's the deal with Yakpov. He's clearly got to be a top six player. We yep. all figured that and out. And he hasn't proven that he can do that yet. He hasn't proven he can do that. What he hasn't, to me, proven he can do consistently is both take care of his own end just enough that the puck's not in his own net every night, right? Get to that level, but at that level still produce offensively. He's an either-or guy. He can go out and try to score for you, but then his own end, is a, he forgets okay. about it. He also, he also mentioned Everly. And I think if everybody gets moved, we'd be looking at an off-season deal. Yeah. The likelihood is into the draft. You, you know they're not going to trade McTavid. They're not trading dry, dry Settle. They're not trading Taylor Hall up front. If then There may have to come a decision at some point between Nugent Hopkins and Everly. My That's guess is one. because Ryan plays center, there'd probably be a greater return for Ryan. Yes. Uh, but there'd be, there would be lots of interest in Jordan as well. Very good complimentary winger who has proven that he can score. He's led the orders in scoring three or five years. Yeah, that's right. All right. There we have it. If, what do you, you know, Toronto could use Ryan yeah. Nugent Hopkins. The problem is they don't have a player that you want back from them. Yeah. They won't give you Morgan Riley. And, and their roster, that's yeah. really the only guy you would make the trade for. Right. Uh, let's go to Woody on line number three. What do you have the final say in terms of our open line segment today? Hey, Bob. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. Um, you know, I'm thinking, you know, off-season deal. Um, St. Louis, every, you know a player everybody's forgetting about that St. Louis has that the orders would be really interesting? I think he'd be a good fit would be Sabatka. But why couldn't they build something around Shot Kirk Sabatka at the draft? No. Nope. And you know no 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 it's not why happening. not? Because Shot Shot Kirk's gonna position it that he's either gonna get the deal that he wants with the place there where he wants to go play in terms of if he ends up getting moved at some stage. I'm not even convinced they're gonna trade him because he's so unique. Uh, but he's going to get paid, and he's going to get paid big in his next. We're talking about a guy that's going to get six and a half, okay. seven million a year. I I don't see Shot Kirk to the orders being a strong possibility. So I'm going to cut it off right there, Woody. <laughs> Sorry, man. And you no know worries. what, Sabaka for me, 
he's been gone too long. Like he's going to want so, right? three, you know, three million plus per year. I'm not sure what he is anymore because I haven't seen him play in the NHL for a couple of years. Yeah, and I always worry they're not all Leo Komarov. They don't always take off for a couple of years, come back, and are better. You know what I'm saying? Yep. No, I that agree. Rare, that rarely happens. Thanks, buddy. Hey, no worries. Thanks. Well, I, guys coming from the K, I always, I always have the, the uh, Anton Belov. Yeah. Sort of heebie-jeebies. <laughs> he was the defenseman of the year in the KHL and could not play in the NHL. Giordano was one guy who benefited from a year over there. He did. He went there for one year. Komarov went back for a couple years over to Europe, came oh, back yeah. and had a hell of a year a this year. Guys. Hey, He's good Yager did too. Yeah. But there's there's there ten like, to one the other way. At least maybe twenty. What happens tonight, Spec? Give me five. You got to get her done in like ten seconds. Oilers will win tonight because they're playing guilty. And the Leafs just do not have the horses. Their back end is not good tonight. Oils score some goals. They'll get five. That's Mark Spector. Stafford Spector for Horse Racing Alberta. Jim Ralph coming up. He's a funny man. Maple Leafs analyst. Uh, off to 630 Chad News Weather Traffic Update. Eileen Bell.